for all NBA for all NBA warriors. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It's Golden Spaces. It's Matt and Justin. Golden Spaces, Golden Spaces, you know, the Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. And we be trying, we be trying so hard to keep the vibes, to keep the vibes. And we know the Warriors have not done their part all season. We all know that. But you know what? You know who else hasn't done their part in keeping the vibes? Dub Twitter. I don't want to just keep saying the fan base. You know why? Because Twitter can make you believe like that's how most people think. And Twitter is actually a very small fraction <laughs> of the world and the fan base. In fact, they probably don't even reflect the opinions of most fans, right? Because I don't think the whole building in Washington, D.C. that was filled up with people in Steph Curry jerseys and screaming, I don't think they gave a shit that the Warriors had a 500 record coming in. Did they care, Justin? Not at all. No, they were just pretty excited to see Wardell and the gang. And when Chase is sold out every night and the people show up, I mean, obviously you have to give the fans something reason to cheer for, but they seem to still be pretty excited to come and, and watch the Warriors play, even though the Warriors have not been consistent all season. Is that fair for me to say? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so... Guess what? I'm not going to be a podcast that sits on here and admonishes fans because the sport is nothing without fans. But honestly, Dub's Twitter, y'all are a little exhausting for me. Seriously, a little exhausting. And um, y'all help to kill the vibes. That's all I'm saying. You know, y'all help to kill it. And if you want to be vibes killers, be my guest. We're not going to kill the vibes on Golden Spaces. So we're going to do our best to have vibes today. And just talk about realistically the state of the team and what's going on. And I just want to say this um, because I am Natalie and Justin's Justin. So we say things on here collectively, but I don't want like my views and what I think to be like, oh, that's what Justin thinks. But a lot of people come at me and they think like, I just don't want to criticize Steph. Or they're like, oh, Nat, like, you know, we appreciate you always trying to be optimistic and positive and for one, you don't have to like start conversations with me all the time. Like, if you just disagree with me, just state it. Like, <laughs> all of the fluff ahead of time is not necessary. Like, we're adults, we're individuals, and I don't agree with y'all. And I don't take the time to say, like, I get it. You know, some of you may go to therapy because that's like a validation technique. You want to validate someone before you go in. So, that's actually the proper way to do it. But, like, for my personality, you don't need to do that. I don't care. But my larger point is just that, like, I don't do that because it's the Warriors. I do that because that's how I live my life. I don't choose to see things as negative. My father was just in the hospital for, like, two weeks. And when I tweeted about it, I said, we're fine, we're positive. And I meant that. Like, that's how I was raised. That's how I approach everything I do. And that's how I live my life. I'm going to always think something is positive or that there is a way until there is really, truly no way. So you should know that and understand that about me before you come to me and come in my mentions, trying to get me to join y'all. I'm not going to join in it. I'm not going to. Draymond Green gets on my damn nerves and I still will never talk about him crazy the way that y'all talk about some of the players. Like, I'm just not going to do it. You know, like these guys, as crazy as Draymond has done, he's delivered. He's delivered. 
Clay Thompson has delivered. Stephen Curry has delivered. They've delivered on multiple occasions, okay? And then Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole joined that party last year. And Loon, our six guys have all delivered. They've showed up when they need to show up. They've shown up. I am not. They don't have to keep reproving shit to me. And I, you know what? I get it. Because last night in his post game, you know what Steph said? He said, you have to demonstrate each year you're a good team. He did say that. He did. But you know what? I promise you in that locker room, they're not bashing each other and saying you're trash and you're this and you're that. They just know they got to get better and they believe they can get better, right? So that doesn't mean that anyone is above criticism. But like, I think y'all don't know what constructive criticism is. Constructive criticism is like you break down what's wrong, what's right. You talk about what needs to improve and you move on. It is not calling people bums. It is not calling people washed. It's not slandering them. It's not requesting trades. It's not disrespecting them. That is not criticism. And so, no, I'm never going to co-sign that. I'm never going to agree with it. And I'm never going to think it's cool, like ever. So, please. Stop coming to me thinking I'm going to join in it. I'm not. And stop thinking you're going to like shame me away from being positive. It's not going to happen. Like I'm going to always have faith in this squad until it just doesn't happen. And you know what? Even if they don't win, I'm not going to now be like, see, y'all trash, y'all this. Four. Do y'all know how hard it is to deliver four championships in six years? I'm sorry. In six attempts over eight years. <laughs> like seriously do y'all know how hard that is i don't think people understand um or they just refuse to acknowledge that that happened you know what i mean if whether it's them um calling steph washed or whether it's them calling clay washed or it's like well we've literally seen these people less than a full year ago um you know, win a championship. You know, we've seen Steph in the clutch take over and be the best player on the court by far um, on an NBA final stage against a team that many people thought they didn't really have a chance to beat. Um, so like, I don't understand, like, all of a sudden, do you just think he just can't do it anymore because he's had two, you know, subpar closing games coming in a row? Injury. Coming, coming off, off injury. injury. And I mean, even if he wasn't coming off injury, it's January. Like, it's January, and we've seen him do it on the biggest stage multiple times in his career. The very first time that he's ever been on a final stage, we've seen him out outplay LeBron in the clutch. Like, I just don't understand. And then there's and then people that are expecting him to play like he was playing um, early in the season. That was just an <laughs> – uh, it's unrealistic to expect someone to play like that for an entire season, even his unanimous MVP season. He he was hot, and then he had a, a cold stretch in there too. You know, I mean, it's just it's a long season. It's January. Um, you know, the guy's not going to go out there and give you thirty plus on seventy percent true shooting every single night. Like that's just that's not real. Like nobody does that ever, right? <laughs> so MJ didn't do it. Ron none of these didn't guys. Do it. Like, and that's what I laugh at because, like, there have literally been nights this season. Braun hasn't had good nights. Kevin Durant hasn't had good nights. I'm laughing about mm -hmm. this whole Kyrie thing right now because, you know, <laughs> every time we play Kyrie, it becomes a who's better discussion. Until this last two games, the Nets were on a fucking losing streak. They were on a losing streak. 
And people were like, oh, Kyrie can't carry a team without Kevin Durant. And now all of a sudden it's Ky- like, what? It- yeah, I don't even acknowledge the Kyrie and Steph stuff. No, it's but you great. have our own fans saying it. That's why I'm just like, they're like, well, you know, Kyrie owns the Warriors. What? What are you saying <laughs> right now? Kyrie usually has good scoring games against the Warriors, but like, who gives a shit? Like, but so do those stars mean? because they're stars. That's what they do. Right. And I mean, last year, what Kyrie pretty much got locked up last year when he played them in in um in Golden State. Um, I don't think he played when they played in Brooklyn, but it's like that's just like not even an argument, really. Um it's just it's just dumb. It's just dumb stuff. The reason I bring up the coming off injury part is not because because I agree with you, like it doesn't matter if he was coming off injury, it would still be okay. I bring that up to say that. If you saw Steph performing a certain way before, and I agree with you, like we're not expecting him to like just always be like 70% shoe shooting and all that. But if you saw him performing a certain way up until injury, <laughs> and then you notice post-injury, he's not doing the same. What is more likely? And I'm not saying that he's still hurt as in he shouldn't be on the floor, but there's a process to coming back from injury. There's a process to it. And I just like, why can't we just be patient and respect that process, you know, for both Stephen Curry and Andrew Wiggins, right? Because you said this on here multiple times, right? Like it's not the same for each player. So even though Andrew Wiggins came back a day or a game earlier than Steph, it looks like it's taking longer for him to get back than it is in Steph. Steph is not back back, but he's, he's looked better, Right. He's also the better player. So um, mm-hmm. I just don't understand what, like, why is it so hard just to exhibit patience? Like, it's not like, I think they think we enjoy this. I think they think we're cheering on like losing, like <laughs> we don't enjoy watching it either, bro. Like it's not half, like, we're not like, woohoo, dubs, okay. Like we're not over here, like moral victory, but like you can still not enjoy it and be frustrated and understand that there are things going on that they need to fix, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, two, mm-hmm. two of those things can happen simultaneously. You don't have to be mad and bash them to, like, to, 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 to show that you care, you know? Like, we have a whole fucking podcast dedicated to the team. Obviously, we care. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, some people just are just naturally negative. And like you said, just not everybody's wired like that. Um, so. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Let me put my, my, I'm going to mute while you talk because I don't know if you guys hear the noise in the background. I apologize for that. Live in a condo. Can't escape it sometimes with the noise. Yeah. I just think some people are just more, more negative or just, they just view things a certain way or they just like to express their, you know, you know, they're, they're not satisfied with the team a certain way. And that usually comes out in the form of slander and this and that. And, you know, to each, to each their own, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> you know, sometimes I get mad and I, and I say some things that just heated the moment things, but it just seems like, um, you know, a lot of people are just waiting for an opportunity to just get off some things that they've, they've been harboring. <laughs> and, um, it's almost like, do you want to see them fail so you can get these takes off or something? Like, I don't, I don't understand that part. But 
yeah, performing a whole like referendum on Steph's career and whether or not he's washed. And we do this every year with Steph, like he's too passive and all this type of stuff. But when it's winning time, we don't want the ball in anybody else's hands. And the ball is usually not in anyone else's hands but his. We literally saw him win his team a finals almost not by himself but you know what i mean like the team was reeling and it was they were in a position where they could have just folded and he put the team on his back so like fuck all that he's being passive and all that type of stuff like it's fucking january like y'all expect him to go out there and say it's game four in boston and i'm gonna will this team to win every single night like he literally won them like five or six games already this season doing that sacramento game early in the season the Cavs game early in the season um, Miami early in the season. He literally just did it against the Wizards the other night. We dropped 40. Like, this is not sustainable for a guy, whether it's sustainable or not. You can't reasonably expect for him to have to continually do this and do this and do this and think that this team is a contending team. Like, if he has to keep doing this against teams without their best player, then that's an issue. Now, he does need to close. Those last two games, he could have closed better, right? I think it's more decision-making rather than, like, um like anything going on with an injury. I mean, I was, honestly, I, obviously I don't feel what he's feeling, but I do feel like his approach just could have been a little bit better in those situations. Um, and we saw it against the Wizards, right? He just got really whatever he wanted because he mixed up going to the basket and shooting floaters. And and, it, and that's obviously a um, they were guarding him a little bit differently than Boston and, and Brooklyn. But Similar, similar situations where he could have just picked his spots a little bit better. But overall, um, nobody should ever be worried about Steph or calling him out about some random regular season game in the middle of the season, given what he's already done and given what we know he's capable of doing, continuing to do. So that's that's my biggest thing about it. Um, we just seem to deflect always to things that that we've seen work in our favor multiple times over and over and over again, right? Talking about Clay and Steph and Dre about how they're not doing this and doing that, but we've seen them show up time and time and time again. Whereas we haven't seen the bench, you know, even though they were good the last game, we haven't seen a sustained stretch of our bench and our other guys outside of our stars playing, winning and, you know, consistent basketball over a decent stretch. We haven't seen them, have enough good front court play over a consistent stretch outside of Dre and Looney at all this season. So I think, I think you're, you're in a better position to talk about that than you are about what our stars can and can't do or have and haven't been doing. Uh, that's just my opinion on the situation. Okay. I want to make this last point. Hopefully I'm loud enough over the noise. Um, and then let's, let's break and actually like get into the game, the team, and 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 the where things are. So I don't think that um, I agree with you. I think the decision making is really like the issue with stuff. Um, but the question for me is like, why is the decision making like this, right? And we 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 know that Steph can be prone sometimes to kind of being like a space cadet and all these like things, right? Like we know that it's, it's, it's really not the first time we've seen him do that. But I think when you consider the um, circumstances where they are right now, and I believe him and I believe the team when they say like, they know it's time, like they need to like 
start stringing wings together. I believe them. I don't think. I don't think they're stepping on the court and taking this lightly, you know, like Draymond said candidly, like, no, this is not like just flipping a switch. Right. I think this is a very layered and nuanced thing. Why the team is this way. And I think there's not a single thing. And I think people want it to be a single thing. And I think they want it to be a single fix to understand everything that's happening with the team. You got to acknowledge that there was an impact of the Dre pool situation, not just on the two of them, but on the whole team, right? You have to acknowledge other things and, and people don't want to do that. So what I will say though about Steph is that it's sort of a little bit related to like something you've said to me before on here, or maybe just in our conversation that I was dismissive of when like you would say things like, I don't know, Steph looked a little tired. And I'm like, he ain't look tired to me, you know? And this was like early in the season. This is like pre-injury. And you're like, um, you know, I was just sort of dismissive and you were like, okay. And I probably should have listened to you a little bit more because I mean, obviously you played, but um, I think people do this in general with like star athletes. And I think, you know, because we know Steph is like one of the best conditioned athletes in the world. And because he still plays at a, at a high, high level, we dismiss the fact that like he can feel fatigue or mm. that he's 30. What is he? 34? What the hell is he? Uh, I want to say he'll be 35 in two months. <laughs> so he's 34. Um, and the reason why those things matter is because the recovery takes longer. So whether it's recovery from injury, whether it's um, recovery um, just in between games, right? Like his body getting back, right? Um, but... So when I when I bring up the injury, I'm not saying it as in terms of like it's injury. It's more like when people are like, well, why doesn't he just like go, you know, attack or like do this or whatever? And I'm like, we might need to acknowledge that maybe he can't or and when I say he can't, I don't mean like literally physically, but he might really just his conditioning just may not be back yet. He might just really, really be tired. He might really or and I don't know this. So this is something that I want to ask you. And I don't like to speculate on things. But, like, based on the injury he had, I mean, obviously, thankfully, it wasn't his shooting arm, thankfully. But I don't know, personally, and this is not me looking for an excuse. I really just want to understand because of something someone actually said to me that made me think. But is there any difference between, with that injury, like, certain shots being easier to take than, than other kinds of shots? Or, you know, um, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. So like maybe why, or maybe it's like, a, I don't want to drive because I don't want to get hit in that shoulder kind of thing. Right. Because we don't know if there's anything lingering. I like, I have no idea. I'm not saying it's the case. My only point is that we know that we know, like, this is the best he's going to be not like in terms of performance, but to the extent that there's any pain, to the extent that there's anything lingering with the search, with the shoulder, we're not going to know. He's not going to say, but he's also made it clear that like, even if there is, it doesn't matter. It's enough that I don't think about it when I'm out there playing. So he says, but when someone says like talks like that, that just makes me understand that it's not like a perfect, like I'm done, I'm back and there's nothing right there. We, mm -hmm. he's, he's wearing a shoulder sleeve. So I feel like it's one of those things where like, especially if it's a new injury for him, he's figuring it out like in the process. And so when I say it might be impacting him, I don't necessarily mean from like, 
a physical standpoint or mental, like he's scared, but just figuring out how to work and operate now with this new injury. Like when he had the tailbone, he came back and he was great, but I'm sure, but he still had discomfort while he was playing with the tailbone. It's like, you have to figure out the best way to use your body with that injury, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, Yeah, that could potentially have some effect on him. I'm not sure if, uh, you know, like, like we said, we're not, we don't know what he's feeling out there, but right. I do think what we've seen so far is like, I don't think it's really affecting any shooting or anything like that. Cause we've seen him hit a half court shot. We've seen him make different type of layups and, and pull-ups and stuff like that. And like, I think it's really more of a, a pace thing from what I've seen. Like, cause he started the first half of the Boston game. Pace. That would mean how tired he is, right? Or not tired. Not necessarily tired or just like, it's like, I'm about to be 35 in two months. Really, we've, and we've been to six finals. I only care about the playoffs, right? Like, I understand the regular season matters, but I'm not going to give playoff effort in a random January game, right? But it was Um, in the Boston game, he did care about it. We know that. And, 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 and he, I'm not saying he don't care. I'm just saying like the amount of juice he's playing with and the amount of like, um, I don't want to say focus because obviously he's focused, but the amount of intention that he's playing with, I don't know if it's like all the way at peak level. But why would you play right with now. intention through three quarters and then just stop in the fourth quarter? That doesn't make sense, especially in a game that's close. Yeah, and for sure. Play. And also they like, even though we know that they're doing that, the pace thing, we also know that they all know, like, okay, but we got to actually make the playoffs to be in the playoffs, right? Right. And this is this is the – And they've all they acknowledged that in. point, from Steve Kerr to Clay to Dre to Steph. So I don't – I just don't think at this stage right now he's still pacing himself, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, Yeah, I don't – I don't know because in the Wizards game, you see, like, they were they were down in the fourth quarter. And he was like, all right. Me and Dre, we got to turn it on. Jordan, you know, had it going in the first half. We got to turn it on to win this game. Whereas with the with the Celtics in the next game, it's like, okay, you got a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. And he's probably just like, okay, as long as we don't do anything stupid, we should win this game, right? Um, I specifically remember last or yesterday, they just kept feeding Clay down a down the stretch because Clay has Seth yeah. on him, and Seth is a smaller player, and he hit a few um he hit a few like turnarounds over Seth and stuff like that. And they generated some good offense from it. But in that particular stretch, Clay just couldn't really hit anything. Right. He um Seth did a good job of forcing him out of the post, right? They would just post Clay up and he would get a turnaround or something good at the rim, or he would draw a second defender and they would pass it out. But Seth started forcing them and Clay started catching it at the at the three-point line. So the advantage was kind of like negated from there, right? Because Clay is not the best ball handler. So it was just a few possessions after a few possessions of just bad offense. And at that point, the Nets already had momentum. And then from there, it was like, I'm not going to say it didn't matter what Steph did. Like, he definitely could have been a little bit more aggressive um, hunting his shot. And they could have just ran some simple actions to get him going. But I think at that point, the momentum was already in Brooklyn's favor. And it just worked out in the way that it went. Um, He was also cold by the time in both of those he was cold because i'm sure he was like all right i'm in cruise control for the rest of this game because we're going to win i think that's what he was thinking in his mind where it's like you can't really put your foot off the gas at this point because your team will be thinking that and also with this team so i don't like i mean with this team 
I don't see how you could still be thinking like, like no loot, no lead has proven to be safe except for San Antonio. Was that where he sat the fourth quarter? I think there's only two where. I think, I think so. Right. I mean, because I remember when it happened, I was like, is this the first game where they've actually got to sit the fourth quarter? And everyone reminded me that there was one more earlier in the season. But I mean, it, they they haven't mm-hmm. proven to be able to um, maintain leads. And, um, you know, it's uh, I thought the isolations for Clay were weird last night, personally. Um I would have liked to seen Kaminga into close with the group. He'd been effective the whole game. Mm-hmm. So let's get into some of that in the next segment. But I just, I, I, I think it's, um, I, I overly, I don't care too much about two games and like him not like playing that well in the fourth. Totally agree with you on decision making. Um, but I just, I don't know what the mindset is for any of them. You know, if I, did you hear all the post game interviews yesterday? Yeah, I, I would encourage everyone to listen to them. Maybe it's just me, but they they it just it, they sounded weird to me. the The post games were the way Dre talked. The way it was like, yeah, you know, we don't know why we can't. We don't know why we can't. Um, we talk about it. We say it. We know these are things that need to be done, but it's just not happening. And I'm I'm at a point where I can't tell, like, are they signaling to others? Are they saying to us, we don't actually have the ability to get better, to turn it on? Like, I'm, I'm not sure what to make of it. So mm. anyway, I would encourage everyone to go and listen to the post games from last night. Um, I feel like Kerr, Andre, and Steph in ways their messages were somewhat similar. Loon was the only other person who did a post game. And he said that he does think all of the different like changes with the lineups, you know, and the, you know, things like that just is sort of overall collectively affecting, you know, their rhythm. Even in talking about like now Jordan being back in the starting lineup, he's like, you know, he said something, and I don't think that's going to be a new starting permanent lineup change, but he said like, you know, so now like, and now there's a new starting lineup. And so, you know, and even though, even though those five have played together again, um, have, have played together before rather, I guess I kind of undervalue, like, even though they played together that they can't just come back together and it'd be like all on point. Um, and I could be wrong. Maybe it is, but you play. So you tell me like, cause I always think like if five people know each other, they know when it kind of comes back like clockwork, but does it not always work like that? Um, no, nah, not always. I think you still got to build that rhythm back. It's the same way as like, um, somebody who is a great shooter. If they take some time off, they still got to get their rhythm back. You don't just walk into the gym and be able to shoot your best. Um, and this season guys have been like in and out of the lineup. So it's definitely a different energy. You got to, you got to bring, it's a different type of focus. You got to bring guys come back to the season, slightly different guys come back and have added or lost certain aspects of their game maybe. And you got to figure out year to year, like what you got to do to, you know, get that chemistry back. So I think that's kind of the situation they're in. Okay. Let's break here. 
Um, and we'll be back because we we know the things that are wrong. We've talked about the ad nauseum. So let's 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 talk about what they can do and look ahead. Because I didn't realize that the next game was the Grizzlies. I really wish they weren't the next game, but whatever. Um, let 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 let's talk about what's to come. And yeah, let's do it. Golden Spaces Odyssey Original Podcast. I'm Natalie. That's Justin, and we'll be right back.